we spend a lot of time seeking information. And yet I'm sure that very few of us have stopped to ask the very basic questions. The questions of what is information? What is knowledge? Is there a difference? And perhaps the question to have more of a practical bearing upon our lives. Those of how do we best seek information? How do we best organize it? And so we do recognize that information is important. This information knowledge can shape our perceptions, guide our actions, and in doing so, lead to tangible changes in our state of being, and ultimately, our reality. And so this is why we're going to answer and develop the whole of this episode to answering these important questions. We'll start with the, the prior ones of what is information? Is it different to knowledge? Before moving on to the more practical one of why is it important to organize information knowledge according to some sort of system? And then we'll finish with an even more practical, even more useful question of what's the best way we can organize information? I will explain why at way we prefer a goal-oriented approach. This episode is very informative. <laughs> See what I did there? So I hope you enjoy. So how would you define information? I would say that information is the original data that you get from the source and the source being either your sense, your, your, your senses, because I think that at the end of the day, information is something it's, it's empirical. It describes, it comes from the external world and it can be firsthand. So it can, you know, you get it directly from the external world via your senses mm -hmm. or it's secondhand. So someone else's had some sort of idea, has gained some sort of knowledge from the world, from their own life experiences, and they're trying to convey it to you either by them, say, speaking, or they write it down in some form of language. And so I would say, just to use an example to illustrate, mm -hmm. that information would be the sense data that you yourself receive, mm -hmm. or in the second case, in the case of secondhand data, it would be the specific words that your friend tells you, or the specific text that you read in a book. Just to quickly challenge you on this point, wouldn't you say that the information that you get through language, as you're saying, that you define as the secondhand data, wouldn't you say that still comes through your senses? What's the fundamental difference there? Yeah, I think the fundamental addition, uh, the fundamental difference is the notion is mediation. Mm -hmm. In that, in I made this distinction because you're right. Yes, mm -hmm. um, but I made this distinction because stuff that's coming through your sensory data, it's more about you observing the external world. Mm -hmm. There's not like a second agent, another person mediating the information in which you gained, right? Because obviously with mediation comes unreliability. So we could say that first-hand data is data that you yourself turn into concepts based on what you see, mm -hmm. and second-hand data is concepts passed on to you by someone who has already created them. Yeah, I actually think that's a fair, that's a better, that's a better definition of my own, which, well, it just describes kind of the very essence of what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to make a distinction between information and knowledge, mm -hmm. because I would define knowledge as, I'm not going to get into very technical, epistemological definitions, you know, the just notion the basics of, of a it. justified true belief, but rather one which I think is more used by knowledge workers. Mm -hmm. So I think knowledge is different to information in that it is the product of you processing information. Mm -hmm. So it's it's created when you say you take 
a piece of information, mm-hmm. you take some sort of sensory data mm-hmm. of you exerting, exerting the external world or say your friend tells you something, you read something. Mm-hmm. It's when you sit down, you reflect on that information and you, you, f- you kind of explain it to yourself mm-hmm. or you, cons- you, you summarize it in a way in which you understand. Because I think knowledge is therefore personal. It's your own understanding. Yeah. It's your, uh, the result of your own processing of that and, and I would say it's like a subcategory of information because knowledge, if it's your own understanding, if it's your own rephrasing, it is mm. still information in a way. It can still be thought of as information in the sense that you can write it down and convey it to someone else, making it secondhand information for them, yeah. for example. It's just knowledge is information that you have processed for yourself and have understood, that you have attached the quality of understanding to. And I mean, understanding here, I guess we can define as it making sense within your mental mental model of the world or do do you have some other definition for what you mean by understanding yeah i think that mm. actually yeah the, so so the reason why i made this distinction mm-hmm. is because in information so it's so the words that someone's told you yeah. or what you saw that was written in a book yeah it exists so the specific words just exist, yeah. right? But obviously the meaning which you get from those mm-hmm. words, you get from what they say. Mm-hmm. And when I say meaning, it's some sort of lesson, something which you can take from that and then apply to your life. It's a linking, it, it's a mental concept that's not necessarily verbal, something, it's a very intuitive thing, but you feel that you have understood it and that it links together with the rest of your conception of what's going on and who you are and what you understand about the world. Yeah, so I think it's important to note that knowledge is personal because you can only you under, you people understand information mm-hmm. in different ways. We'll both read the same quote mm-hmm. and get different things from it. So in an objective sense, information is just there and knowledge is the result of you processing it. Yeah. And I think it's important to make this distinction, it's important to emphasize that it's personal because ultimately knowledge is what is useful to you yes because information on its own because it's it, it's just there it's you've not adopted it into you've not incorporated it into your own belief system your yeah. own means of your own reality your yeah. way, own way of understanding the world it can therefore have no actual bearing upon your life yeah that that makes a lot of sense in this concept of usefulness I think is a core one in information. And this brings us to the topic of why we should worry about how we handle information and then more specifically knowledge, as you said. Uh, Let's just use the term knowledge from here on out because we are talking about the information with a purpose that you have processed for yourself. Uh, And I mean, I guess some of these things that we're going to be talking about also apply to general information. We could say that's something you read but haven't really processed yet but still want to store for later. This can also apply. So maybe technically it's actually more correct to use the term information, but we are also including knowledge here and we can make the specification when when it's appropriate. But what this brings us on to is why is it so important to store information in an external way, not just in your mind, and most importantly, in a systematic way? And I would just like to say that this topic cannot be understated. Now, the mistake that a lot of people make is that they think that by just storing information in, let's say, your notes or just writing it down on some pieces of paper and stashing them away somewhere, 
that that somehow helps you remember more concepts and understand the world in a bigger way by, by just yeah, storing the information. But that is not true. Information that is just stored but is not findable, and more importantly, findable at the correct moment when you need it, you may as well not have it. And it's even worse than that. It's, it's a waste of resources. It's a waste of either external space if you're storing it on paper. It's a waste of mental space if you're just storing it in your mind without actually training yourself to retrieve it at the right time, for example, by you know doing active recall when you're trying to learn something by heart. Yeah. And it's a waste of digital space if you're storing it in some sort of digital medium, like a folder of notes or whatever. So ultimately, what one of the most core, I would even say maybe the most important part about information is how, in, it, like how high of a quality can you retrieve it when you need it? And just... Just expanding that point a little bit, why do you think that some people and a lot of people and us a while back included overlook this point? Do you think it's just laziness of not wanting to create the proper system? I think it's down to not really understanding the motivations that lie behind our seeking of knowledge, our yeah. seeking of information. I agree. I think that when we seek information, we seek to expand our knowledge base, there will always be some sort of reason why we want to do that. And I think the reason why the process, you know, creating some sort of, not only a system for, not only storing knowledge in of itself, mm -hmm. but creating a systematic means of storing information in such a way that makes it easy to retrieve later on. Yeah, I think that is easily overlooked because we don't recognize the reason why we're pursuing, why we're searching for knowledge in the first place. And just to illustrate this point, so a lot of people might think, oh, I'm just learning this knowledge for the sake of learning it. Yeah. But I think if you reflect deeply, either, maybe you're right, maybe you do enjoy, maybe you get some sort of pleasure from just learning this information and i would even say that this is not a lot of people this is a this is a small subsection most people most people just sort yeah. of don't even think about it they just take the take the knowledge in and yeah i'm gonna if you ask them oh yeah I'm learning this knowledge to use it someday but they haven't really reflected on the fact that this what you're hearing right now the only purpose of this is to put it into action towards some goal at a future date yeah and i mean if Sure, there will be a small subset of people who gain some sort of pleasure from learning, yeah. right? And that's the reason. Like that that feed, that release of dopamine, serotonin, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that's the aim, that's the reason why they're gaining this knowledge. But I think those who don't reflect on the reasons why they're pursuing knowledge most likely will fall into the category of seeking it for the purpose. If it's not for some sort of immediate purpose of I need it to be able to do my job better, mm -hmm may i think it's likely that it will be for the purposes of social validation i'm learning this because in me learning this and me talking about this i appear smart and so obviously i get feedback a positive feedback from other people yeah right it's just the way in which we've evolved we want this social validation stuff like and that. i think what you mentioned about needing it immediately for some sort of job is a very important point because in a lot of at least adult people's lives, you know, people who have graduated from school or uh, university, etc., uh, knowledge is usually, yeah, seeked out subconsciously towards a purpose. Many people, yeah, as I said, it's a small, it is a small subsection of people who just learn for the pleasure of it. Most people gather knowledge knowing that they only need it for their job or for their hobby or whatever. 
yet they don't explicitly organize their information in the like relating to the way where they need it. They don't organize their information explicitly according to what goal it is helping them achieve. And I think this is where this is where we really have to challenge the notion of why we store information in the first place and go to its depth. Because, okay, we can talk quickly about existing information systems that there are. For example, I can bring up the file system that most computers use. It's a, you know, it folders inside folders. It's this structure, uh, nested structure where you have basically concepts breaking down into smaller concepts if you want to think of folders in this way. And yeah. people sometimes implicitly try to use it by organizing things according to goals. So let's say that I have, I work at two companies part-time. I make one folder for one company and another folder for another company. Because when I need to do company A's activities, I know to go to folder of named after company A. And then in there, they break it down by, I don't know, maybe branding jobs, uh, maybe accounting jobs, whatever. Different things, like different, different concepts. But the thing is, this is often done quite, um, quite, how do you say, fuzzily, because they haven't explicitly said, I'm going to organize this information according to where I need it. And that's when, you know, you can also have another folder there that's something else that is just called uh, big files, small files, where it is now you're mixing two different ways of grouping information. You're mixing the grouping of it by its purpose and by some other characteristic, like its file size or its color mm. or its file type. And maybe the worst thing you can do is mix these systems because unless you have one chosen explicit system that follows an explicit set of rules, you are, you are, by def like you are necessarily hindering your ability to use the, the knowledge system that you've built for yourself. Um, and before I sort of move on to how we at Way think about knowledge, you, maybe you can introduce one, one more example just so we can see the different ways that knowledge is stored. Yeah, so an example of another system for... I guess you could say storing knowledge, it's called Zettelkasten. But it not only has you store knowledge, mm -hmm. right? But rather has you create a web of knowledge. Yeah. So within Zettelkasten, you store individual units of knowledge, yeah. either on a physical paper or digital note card. And then you link these to other units of knowledge, yeah. other note cards via a tagging system. The whole point of it is to mimic the structures of the brain, mimic the way in which the brain takes, stores individual units of information, mm -hmm. assigns, them an, assigns them some sort of identifier, yeah. and then links them to other units to create a web. That, that's actually very interesting. How, so practically, it, uh, it manifests in some sort of tag, tagging system, so usually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, these two are just a few examples of the ways that mm. people have tried to organize information. But here at Way, we really like to take everything to its ultimate purpose, right? We're all about why are you doing something? What, yeah, what, what yeah, is yeah. the why behind your actions? And in the same way that we ask this for everything that we're doing, trying to make sure that we act every day towards some, some goal that we have set for ourselves, in the same way, we can in a sort of more abstract way ask, why in the first place do we gather information? And as I talked about before, the purpose of gathering information is to enact that, to use that information towards a goal of yours. Very rarely, sometimes you're learning and gathering information just for the pure pleasure of it. But most of the time, the vast majority of the time, you want to later apply this information, this knowledge that you have gathered towards a goal by doing some action that helps you closer to that goal. That is in turn helped by the knowledge that you have gathered. 
Now, knowing this, to me, it only makes sense to organize this information according to the different goals, the different purpose that you're pursuing. Now, what is the practical problem with this is that many people haven't in the first place defined what it is that they're pursuing. Yeah, yeah. They sort of know, oh, I work as an accountant. So yeah, my job description is this. And I don't know, maybe I'm a family man. So yeah, I, I need to take care of my family to some extent. But you know, uh, our whole thing here at Way is helping people define their way, their goals more explicitly. So once you have built yourself a plan tree and defined your goals and the sub goals resulting from that, and by the way, to learn more about what a plan tree is, you can read our articles and find out about our product uh, in the description below. Once you have built yourself a plan tree and you have defined why you are doing the things that you're doing, you now have an explicit system that you can attach the information that you gathered to. You have, you've broken your goal down to multiple sub goals and these sub goals can act as quote unquote folders that gather the information that is relevant to them. And even the actions that you have can collect the information that you need to do to uh, meet this action if it's necessary. And the sort of breaking down the tree structure of a plant tree implicitly creates the same benefits as, it, as a traditional folder structure of having the desired level of abstraction for, uh, for saving your knowledge. If you just know that, oh yeah, this file helps me towards you know, becoming rich in the future, you can just store it in that big goal itself or attach to that. But if you know specifically what action it is going to help you do, you can attach it to that action. And this level of specificity, specificity uh, according to what you're doing, what the purpose is, rather than just some abstract file system that often mixes multiple ways of organizing information, gives you so much more agency and an ability to find the right information at the right time. And yeah. of course, the practical problem number two from here is who has time for all that, right? But that is why we're building the products that we're building to make it as easy as possible. Because you know, ultimately, it isn't about what is the easiest thing to do. What, it, yeah. what the question should be is what is the most optimal way to do. And we should build solutions to allow ourselves to do that. Yeah, and I'd just like to, because <clears throat> we've talked about information, knowledge, and how even subconsciously, we pursue knowledge, we pursue, we seek information for some sort of reason. Mm -hmm. And that we've talked about, we, we've covered like why it's actually good to make these reasons explicit. Mm -hmm. But I just like to emphasize this idea a bit by contrasting what we've said to kind of a world in which you don't do that. So I previously talked about how if you don't reflect upon the reason why you're pursuing knowledge, perhaps it's because you, you want to sound smart. You want some sort of validation from a group by being able to speak about a complex topic. Mm -hmm. And I think that poses you a harm. Why? Because you must understand that when you're seeking knowledge, you're spending time. And resources. And, and with energy. the time and resource and energy you're spent, there's always an opportunity cost. Yeah. Because you could be spending that seeking another type of knowledge or already applying some other knowledge that you have exactly um so i uh, yes yeah, seeking knowledge that has a more tangible impact on your life yeah. or actually applying existing knowledge to change your state of being so what i'm really saying here is that reflecting upon the reasons why you're seeking knowledge in the first place kind of pursuing a more goal-oriented approach to your seeking 
of knowledge, always thinking, okay, why am I doing, I mean, this applies to the general notion of when you're taking actions, think, okay, why am I doing this? But we're specifically talking about the pursuit of knowledge. Yeah. So going on the internet and searching things, learning things. Or writing something down into your- Or yeah, or even yeah. writing an idea down yourself yeah. to be stored later. It's important to note that everything has time, everything has an opportunity cost. And given the fact that, well, you do have limited time on this mm -hmm. earth, um, surely it makes sense to think of the bigger picture, why you're seeking this information, so that you can then seek the information that has a more tangible impact on your life, actually enables you to get close to whatever goals they are, whatever goals you're seeking, ultimately make you a better person. Yeah. Instead of pursuing mindless goals that grant you things which um, on the whole, don't really. I mean, if, if it is your explicit goal that you have stated and decided on that you want to impress others, I mean, yeah. by, by all purposes, go ahead. <laughs> but what we're about here is defining our goals for, for ourselves and explicitly moving towards them with everything that we do. And one of the ways that we can really accelerate our progress towards our goals is by storing information according to what goal we're trying to achieve and specifically what part of that goal we're trying to achieve right now. Because then we can pull it out at the right moment. Because if we always know what we're doing and why we're doing it, and we have information attached to what we're, what, what we're going to use it for and why we're going to use it, then these two things can link. And at the moment when we need the information, the information can come out. So living a planful life has multiple benefits. On top of just you having the confidence of, I know what I'm doing and uh, I know that I'm moving closer to my goals as well as I want to. If you do it in an explicit way, you write it down and you use use proper systems like our way software, then you can also much accelerate your process of both storing information as well as gathering it. Because thinking about it, even though it may seem a bit non-standard at first, once you start getting used to the idea of storing information according to what you need to use it for, I believe it to be a more intuitive way than abstract file systems on computers, for example. Because it's one concrete rule, what am I going to need this information for? And realistically, if you can't really even think why you may need this information, why are you saving it for yourself at all? Yeah, yeah. So by the act of saving information implicitly sort of assumes that you have some level of idea for when you're going to need to use it in the future. Yeah. And because you have this idea and because the plan tree allows you to either just attach that to a big goal, I know I'm going to need it because it's going to help me make money and that's one of my goals, or a specific thing that you know you're going to do at a specific date, you attach it to the desired level of abstraction and you're going to be able to recover it at that point. And, and yeah, I think maybe we can just quickly touch on for a few minutes on the solutions that we're already trying to build to make this process uh, simpler. For example, just to give a quick overview of what we're working on, we are right now building a system in where a person only has to speak what they're doing right now, only has to state in words what they're doing right now into a microphone and the computer system can transcribe that and use artificial intelligence to in real time pull up the relevant information according to by analyzing what is the intent behind what you're doing, what you're saying right now, what you're thinking about and looking at your plan tree creating a model of your intent from that and then bringing up the relevant information through that. But that we hope to let you play with soon. If you want to learn more about that, you can always visit our website, way.life. And uh, I think we can wrap this information. Uh, I think we can wrap this episode <laughs> up right here uh, with, you know, always reminding you to live your life your way. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check out our social media pages and website links in the description for more 
on how you can live your life your way. Also, if you felt that you gained something from this episode, whether it be a small insight or transcendental reality-shaping piece of enlightenment, then feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, whoever it may be, for there is no better gift than that of a good idea. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next week.